Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. Hi, glad to be back for another episode of Around the Campfire. Mm-hmm. I know I always talk and compliment you on your gorgeous bookcase. Yes. Have I, <laughs> you know, have I ever told you I also approve of your book titles? Your selection of book titles is beautiful. Well, thank you. What book titles are you referring to? Well, you've got all all kinds of book titles that I approve of. Some highbrow stuff, some classics in there, some pop culture stuff. Mm. I also find some of it very compelling. Like you've got social issues going on in there that you read about. You're mm-hmm. you're kind of well-versed in all areas. I'm glad you brought that up because I just read a really good book that I had on my bookcase for a long time and I finally read it. It's called Behind the Gates of Gamora. Oh, that does sound interesting. <laughs> and it's about a guy. He's a doctor and he works at a criminally insane institution in Napa Valley, Napa State Hospital for a year. And it's about his life at this hospital for a year. It was pretty good. I've wanted to read it for years. I think it came out in 2014. And I think I heard him giving an interview about it. And I've always had it on my wish list. And I finally bought it. And then it sat on my bookcase for years. And then I finally read it. And this it's last good, huh? Weekend. It's pretty good. He talks a lot about, well, we just did the episode on the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Yes. And he talks a lot about mental health issues and what makes people criminally insane. Mm-hmm. One thing I thought was super interesting is like really like you get these mass shooters, you know, that go out yeah. and shoot a bunch of people. He goes, those are people that are paranoid more so than anything else. It's paranoid people that do that. Rather than angry people. Right. Or mentally ill people. Most mentally ill people are not violent, mm. but there is a subset of them that are super paranoid. And there's also a narcissistic grandiosity that comes in where they think everyone's out to get them. And that they are the good guys and they have to stop the bad guys. And that's what drives this paranormal shooting spree. That's super Not weird. paranormal. I'm sorry, paranoid shooting spree. Well, <laughs> paranoid shooting spree. And that's what I meant to say. But it was um, really interesting. He goes, it's a small group of people, but they do a lot of damage. And those are the people he ended up working with at this criminal insane hospital. He goes, it's kind of like a prison, but we don't have guards. Oh, no. I mean, they do have people who yeah. come. They do have a, a police staff that will come if they find that, you know, these people kill each, each other in these hospitals. But they can't stand trial because they've already been deemed criminally insane. So they're at the end I of the see. rope and they don't want anything to, to lose. So they murder people. They murder people. You know, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Um, but he also struggles with the fact that he develops a relationship with these patients and he generally cares for them, even though they've killed people and they're violent criminals. It's a very interesting. He empathizes. With he empathizes. The he likes them. Hmm. And they like him, yeah. But yet they are people who will go off and do some real damage and harm to others. Well, I hope my episode today won't cause more paranoia. Hmm. And I just want you to know, I I did hear that your bookcase, your beautiful heavy glass bookcase, mm-hmm. almost crushed you when you moved. 
That's true. Yes. So I, I just want you to know, Holly, it wasn't because of anyone being jealous of your lovely bookcase. And it wasn't due to anybody wanting to wish you harm with your bookcase. So I just want to reassure you that you weren't under any sort of random family curse or anything. I hope that, not. That was just an accident. I sure hope we're not under a curse. I'm, I'm glad you're okay. And so don't be paranoid about okay. that. Okay. So today. Yes. I will share the story of two famous families rumored to be cursed. Mm. Oh, good one. Family yeah. curses is a good one. I think it it goes really well with the whole stream of paranoia I and so. mental illness. Yeah. My belief in curses stemmed from Sunday school teachings and biblical examples of God cursing people. I mean, there were so many instances in the Bible of curses like stories of God's curse extending to the 10th generation for disobeying his laws or marrying outside of one's faith. Of course, this was the Old Testament where God didn't mess around with his judgments. Then there's there was the original curse of Adam and Eve being banished from the Garden of Eden when they fell from grace. Mm -hmm. He cursed Eve and said she would experience pain in childbirth for the rest of life and generations thereafter. Right. And that the serpent would be cursed to crawl on the ground. So I guess before that, the serpent had legs. So yeah, I call those divine curses. But even Jesus did some cursing. I, did? I believe, yeah, it, it was a random fig tree he came across and he found no fruit on it. Never mind that it was out of season for bearing fruit. Jesus was pissed. He was hungry. And so that poor little tree under his curse immediately withered away. I didn't know that Jesus had that in him. I thought he was all loving. He yeah. has righteous anger. <laughs> okay, good to know. Yeah. There's, they, there is such thing as righteous anger. Yeah. You can be righteously angry well, in a good a, way. There's a lot of people who are righteously angry in the world. For just reasons. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Holly, there's also individual curses like the evil eye. Yes. Which are well known and often on par with other scary forces like our concept of the boogeyman yep. in popular stories. Yes. And while curses can be directed by people out of anger or revenge, I always thought they were harmless unless one believed in them. This concept of the evil eye is considered the world's oldest curse with its origins traced back to classical antiquity and various Islamic teachings. This belief, though, is so widespread that nearly every culture has its own terms and unique ways to protect against it, often with the use of talismans. According to this belief, the evil eye is a malevolent gaze fueled by jealousy, envy, or vanity. Some think it can be unintentionally attract by acting without humility or boasting in front of those less fortunate, even drawing the attention of a jealous or envious person. It is considered a concentrated negative energy manifested through malicious thoughts and hateful stares aimed at the victim. In a way, it is like the worst form of passive-aggressive behavior directed <laughs> at an individual. Okay. Although one can remove the curse by just adjusting their behavior and acknowledging their mistakes, the anonymity of the curse's source and timing leads many superstitious individuals to carry objects for protection like this one holly yes evil eye and i have you've got the evil eye and i've got the evil eye keychain 
that a friend just brought me back from Europe. Um, it's cool. It's pretty cool. Do you know it's actually called a Nazar? Okay. N-A-Z-A-R. Okay. And yes, it does resemble an eye. That's why people call it an evil eye. Mm-hmm. But it really protects against that specific curse. It has a blue glass circle or yep. teardrop uh, bead with a white, light blue, and then black circle mm-hmm. in the middle resembling an eyeball. My friend Val just went to Europe and she brought me back as a gift a keychain from... Europe that is the evil eye and she's like I bet you You would like this I'm like I do like it yeah these are (laughs) sold in you know you can find them anywhere over there so and since we're talking about curses I have come prepared and I see um, your friend has prepared Mm -hmm. you as well good job family curses let's talk about this are often viewed as the most severe among the paranormal community Okay. Because they are long lasting generational and can affect family members who are not involved or alive when the curse was pronounced. The Kennedy family, whose ancestors immigrated from Ireland to America during the Great Famine in 1848, is well known for its tragic history. Mm -hmm. Their misfortune began when the Kennedys arrived in America and fell victim to a cholera outbreak, resulting in the death of all family members except for little 14-year-old Patrick Kennedy. Despite the hardships and being an orphan, Patrick found a way to survive and thrive. He became involved in illegal activities with the mafia, helping to smuggle underground alcohol, which helped him rub elbows with upper-class business tycoons. What year was this? Um, Well, they uh, came on uh, to the country in 1848. At that time, Patrick was 14, so I would say probably several years after that. So he grew up. He eventually married into upper-class society, and he also arranged strategic marriages for each of his children, which helped establish the Kennedys as a very wealthy family. Smart guy. Yes. The Kennedy family witnessed a significant number of premature deaths and other struggles. While some believe these incidents were coincidental accidents, the frequency and sadness of these events led to JFK's brother, the late Senator Edward Ted Kennedy, to question whether his family was cursed. The origin of such a curse remains unknown, and most family members dismiss it as just superstition. Okay. These are some signs of generational curses. Family curses typically affect the male descendants and their fortunes, but can also extend to females. Large families seem particularly susceptible to tragedy, perhaps due to the sheer number of relatives involved. The Kennedy family had nine children, including Joseph Jr., John Kennedy, known as Jack, Rosemary, Kathleen, Eunice, Patricia, Robert, who was called Bobby, mm-hmm. Jean, and Edward, who is known as Ted Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Many of them experience untimely deaths or tragic incidences. For instance, Rosemary Kennedy was institutionalized after a botched lobotomy, leading to a decline in her health, in her health, and eventual death in 2005. Yes. You talked about that in your episode. I did, yes. Very sad. Joseph Jr. died in a bombing mission over Nazi-occupied France, and Kathleen Kennedy died in 1948 when the small plane she was on crashed in France during a storm, killing three people on board. Mm. Kathleen was only 28 years old. Mm. In 1969, Ted Kennedy was involved in a horrific car crash that further darkened the family's history. After a late-night party, he lost control of his car and drove it off a bridge into the water. Mm-hmm. Mary Jo Kopechny, or Kopechny, who was trapped inside the car, drowned. 
Ted Kennedy survived the accident, but faced severe damage to his reputation due to his actions afterward. Mm. He left the scene, swam ashore, returned to his hotel, and didn't report the incident to emergency services or the police until 10 hours later. That's not good. He's he's just, yeah, been ruined with that, you know, reputation for a long time because of it. He's deceased, isn't he? Is he still with us? I have no idea. There's so many of them. No, I think he's with us. Is he still with us? Is he? Do you want me to look it up real quick? Mm-hmm. Okay. Ted Kennedy is dead. August 25th, 2009. Okay. John F. Kennedy, who seemed initially exempt from the alleged curse, rising to political greatness and becoming the president of the United States, tragically had his life cut short when he was assassinated by Lee Harvey Oswald during a motorcade in 1963. JFK and his wife, Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, had a total of four children. However, their family also experienced profound sorrow. After the death of her husband and his brother, Jacqueline herself believed there was a curse and always feared for her children's lives. Mm -hmm. Their first child, daughter Arabella, was stillborn. And their son, Patrick, died just two days after a difficult birth. That's right. Jacqueline's remaining children, John F. Kennedy Jr. and Carolyn, survived childhood. And in 1994, when she was dying, she thought that the family had somehow crossed a threshold and they were out of the woods from an untimely end. But her son, John F. Kennedy Jr., who married socialite Carolyn Bissett, sadly died in 1999 when their small plane he was piloting crashed in route to Martha's Vineyard. Mm-hmm. The crash also claimed the lives of his wife, Carolyn Bissett, and her sister, Lauren. Mm-hmm. The bodies of all three were eventually found, confirming that they did perish upon impact. That's terrible. So the only surviving child of JFK and his wife, Jacqueline, is Carolyn Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Robert F. Kennedy, one of the former president's siblings, and his wife, Ethel, carried on the Kennedy name by having 11 children of their wow. own. Wow. Good job, guys. I mean, they, they keep the family lineage They going. have big families, right? Yes, they did. Seven sons and four daughters. Mm-hmm. However, their family also faced a lot of tragic losses. Mm. Robert F. Kennedy himself was assassinated at the age of 48 by a Palestinian lone gunman mm-hmm. named Saran Saran outside a hotel in Los Angeles, California. Mm. Additionally, their son, David Kennedy, passed away in 1984 due to a drug overdose at the age of 28. David had reportedly witnessed his father's assassination Mm. on live TV as a child and subsequently struggled with addiction afterwards. Michael Kennedy, another son of Robert F. Kennedy, met his untimely end in a skiing accident in Aspen, Colorado on New Year's Eve in 1997. He was tossing a football with other relatives while skiing down a mountain when the accident occurred. Michael was a father of three at the time and only 39 years old. Hmm. Did he just ski into a tree? I don't know exactly what happened. I think that might have been oh, the case. Okay. Yeah. he. I think he had a head accident or something. Yeah. Cersei Kennedy Hill, a granddaughter of Robert F. Kennedy, also died from an accidental overdose on August 1st, 2019 at the Kennedy Compound in Hyannisport, Massachusetts. She was only 22 years old. And the most recent tragedy involving the Kennedy family took place in 2020 when Robert and Ethel Kennedy's granddaughter, Mav Kennedy Townsend McKeon, and her eight-year-old son, Gideon, went missing off mm. the Chesapeake Bay in Shadyside, Maryland. Sounds shady to me. 
Um, they had ventured out in a canoe to retrieve a ball that had rolled into the bay, but were unable to paddle back to shore due to strong winds and an approaching storm. They were declared missing until a couple days later when their bodies were found washed up miles away down the shore from their residence. I remember this in the news and it was really sad to me. Mm, yeah. It's also important to note that in addition to these tragic events, the Kennedy family had also faced numerous struggles to overcome cancer. Mm. Teddy's eldest child daughter, Kara, struggled to beat lung cancer, having a partial lung removed, which helped her get back to a more active life. Mm. She didn't think it was possible for her to have lung cancer because she devoted so much of her life being physically fit, active, and healthy. Isn't it always the physically fit people that it's are the so ones weird. to get cancer or some shit? It's so I mean, sad. Our good friend Laurel just She's passed very from much cancer. Into physical fitness. Who's probably the most physical fit person I know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it seems to hit a lot of people that way, and I think it's interesting. Maybe they have kind of an intuition about it, and so that's why they're driven to keep themselves as healthy as can be. Maybe, maybe, it, maybe I don't maybe. know. Maybe I don't either. It's so strange. And she didn't think it was possible for her to even have lung cancer because she devoted so much of her life being physically active and healthy. So right. after being in denial and shock. She finally began a noble fight to save her life, saying, mm. I refuse to allow myself to end up just another casualty of the so-called Kennedy curse. Sure. The Kennedy curse ends here with me, she said. Mm. And she did indeed beat the cancer, but perhaps not the curse, because just 10 years later died from a heart attack at really? the young age of 51. Wow. Really? Shit. So sad. That is sad. Now, I looked up if there were any theories who or what could have caused the curse if there is one. Mm -hmm. And some people think it might have started when Patrick aligned himself with criminal activity involving bootlegging. Oh. But historian and biographer to the family, David Nassau, states he could not find any proof, just rumors of Patrick's involvement with the mafia. Some think the curse might have started back when Joe Kennedy forced his daughter Rosemary to undergo a terrible lobotomy. Yeah. This act itself, which rendered her permanently disabled, could be considered a terrible sin. Yeah. However, it seems the misfortune of the Kennedys started before then, okay. right as they stepped off the boat into America oh. on their shore. Remember, they all died from cholera? Yeah. And the curse might be far more ancient than that, stemming from a feud between two related clans. Oh. The Kennedys and the McMahon families. Okay. It was thought the McMahons cursed the Kennedys, driving them out of the region of Clare. So I guess this feud Clare, between Ireland. I think it's Clare Island, Ireland. Okay. okay. Although there is some connection to Scotland too that the Kennedys have. Um, but yes, they're originally from Ireland. Okay. The question arises whether this is an example of a generational family curse or merely a coincidence resulting from being in the wrong place at the wrong time or other unhealthy behaviors. Could it be a mere coincidence or perhaps a tragic outcome resulting from daring and reckless behavior? Oh. Patrick Kennedy, Ted Kennedy's brother, wrote a book in 2015 where he discusses the mental health issues that caused most of the family's misfortune. So he believes it's their mental health. Okay. That causes a lot of their issues. Okay. Not a curse. Okay. You know, either like they're reaching for, you know, drugs or they're taking unnecessary risky actions that 
they well, they're a very be... prominent family mm-hmm. who has access to a lot of things that are expensive, like drugs mm-hmm. and alcohol and whatever the high life brings. Perhaps, you know, like everybody else, they are susceptible to addiction. Yeah. You know, so who knows? Yeah. It's really sad. And it seems like there's a lot of examples in that family where the person isn't doing anything wrong and then they just meet their untimely death. So right. it's hard to know. Huh. Certain individuals believe that certain signs can indicate the presence of a generational curse. However, it's important to approach this notion with caution. There is no concrete evidence suggesting that suffering from any of these issues is directly linked to being cursed or having caused suffering upon oneself or one's family. Moreover, it is often asserted that one must experience three or more of these issues to even consider the possibility of paranormal influence in a curse. The list of potential signs indicating a family generational curse includes Premature deaths of several family members due to accidents or illness, Mm -hmm. fertility issues and recurring miscarriages, prevalence of addictions, alcoholism, or depression among family members, sudden and significant decline in family fortune resulting from unexpected and inexplicable circumstances, frequent nightmares and other forms of mental distress, persistent streaks of bad luck. Malicious gossip and tarnished reputation, loss of jobs, theft or destruction, loss of property, and the final one, chronic insomnia. If you happen to be on the receiving end of someone who is actively trying to curse you and is well-versed in hexes and the occult, the signs will be a bit more personal to you and more paranormal in nature. For example, according to Kitty Fields at otherworldlyoracle.com, If you experience strange behavior with animals, it could be a sign of a more targeted form of malicious harm. Is there an animal that seems to be sticking around, checking you out more often than usual? Have you found random dead animals on the sidewalk or around your property? Have your pets come down with more illnesses too? So my cats have dropped off baby um, shrews. Oh, no. <laughs> they deposit them throughout the house. We found one in the closet the other day. Um, they've caught birds and rats, and they brought them in and left them for us. Um, so I'm wondering, and one of my cats seems to be kind of sick because she's losing weight and throwing up a lot. So does that mean we have a curse on our family? <laughs> well, just watch them. No Keep shit. watching. Okay. There's there's more signs. Biggie I think you'd have of- to have more than that. And cats are known for bringing in dead animals that's anyway. True. That's true. So you that's have not to unusual look- for a cat to vomit everywhere. Right. Figgy's asleep on the couch over there. And um, she's she's a cat that is not shy from a meal. No, she is not. But her sister Ash is uh, a little skinny. And I'm a little worried about something's going on with ash because she's very thin yeah, she's lost weight oh no well, i hope she's okay I and so i do know that you have a lot of male cats coming around too. boy the boys in the neighborhood i mean They're my rallying. cats the milkshake is in the, the yard boys to the yard your cats bring all the boys <laughs> and the, the boys yard. come and our cats are fixed and they're like whatever and the boys are like hey and they're like whatever my milkshake and the boys are like yeah your milkshake and they're like yeah i'm not interested so we got i have seen like three new boy cats in the yard just the last couple days and i'm like what is going on and my sister sister nancy just 
cat sat for us and she was like there's a party in that backyard every night the girls bring those boys in all the time so i have no doubt that my cats are having a good time and i don't think that they're, they're cursed but i do think that they are um exhibiting magical a things. tail up situation which, which up. should be a tail down situation all right well just keep keep your journal handy make okay. some notes <laughs> okay i will add some extra food for They're like boys skinny boys girl. oh no i'm not interested i've been fixed ha ha yeah it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of funny here's another one you can look out for okay broken glass broken glass okay so I guess this is a sign that dates back centuries. If you find yourself breaking glass, it could be because of a specific hex against you. Like if you're constantly dropping glasses, um, breaking things that have glass in it. A common practice too was to fill glass bottles with objects that were cursed. Mm. And then when it was thrown at the victim's door, the glass would break, releasing the curse. And it was always just kind of funny too if you like walk out your door and step in the glass. And- oh, that would not be funny, be painful. Oh, no, it would be painful. <laughs> but I mean, funny for the person doing sure, the cursing. Sure. But yeah. yeah. Um, another thing, finding strange objects on your property, like random twigs in strange configurations with feathers. This sounds like the Blair Witch Project to okay. me. Okay. Or cloth dolls or other weird items buried mm. on your property. Yeah. Well, if you find these weird things, it's best to throw it away from your property and burn it. Also, if you find personal items of yours missing, like your hairbrush or jewelry, something that you wear often and are emotionally attached to or has your DNA, Mm. it is popular for an enemy to use this against you. Okay. My advice, just don't let anyone in your house ever. Okay. Just ever. (laughs) Just good policy to have. No, never mind. You're not coming into my house. (laughs) Another one is bad omens. How these will be signs sent to you is perhaps as a warning um you know maybe the divine is trying to tell you that these dark energies are working against you so Mm. if you hear a woodpecker knocking Mm -hmm. that's a sign okay if you see a line of six crows on the eve of your house Mm. or facing your house okay that's considered a bad omen okay six six if you hear wailing outside at night okay and you're not in downtown portland (laughs) Then that might be a sign. Okay. Having birds attack you or fly into windows. Okay. That's a big one. Okay. And you know, that one's very popular in movies. Yes. They always show the birds smacking yes. into the windows. Especially horror films. Yes. yes. Yeah. Another one I've heard of is finding odd bruises and cuts on your body when you wake up without any explanation. Okay. And an increase in bloody noses. So showing that your body is undergoing some sort of distress. So I just went, I'm going to talk about this in a later Mm -hmm. episode, but I just went through the the Zach Baggins Paranormal Haunted Mm -hmm. Museum in Las Vegas. And when we got back, there was a cut (gasps) scratch on my upper thigh on my left side. And my boyfriend was like, where'd you get that? I go, I think I must have gotten it from the Paranormal (gasps) Museum. You didn't touch anything. A demon scratch. No. Also... If you have somebody that's jealous over your love relationship, Mm -hmm. you might find yourself having lots of sabotage to keep you away from your partner. Mm. Maybe your car gets a flat tire. 
maybe somehow your communication for time and place meetings get somehow miscommunicated or you're having more arguments. Perhaps you're getting odd messages or texts that neither of you can explain but mm. can indicate infidelity. Then somebody's playing nefarious games mm. with you both. Oh, okay. Yeah. Lastly, if you have bad weather over your house compared to other areas of town, that is some serious cursing going on. Do black clouds just hang over your home? They better not. Or is there, <laughs> or is there unusual windstorms and gusts of wind that always seems to strike your home, but your neighbor's home escapes the damage? So here's the thing. We're right now recording at my boyfriend's house. He is the bottom of a mountain, and he does get a lot of wind here. But it's because it's blowing down off the mountain. Yeah, and there at my you house, go. which is about a mile directly south of here, yeah. there's no wind. So that's a good point. Mm -hmm. If you can explain any of these um, signs mm -hmm. away with logical reasoning, mm -hmm. you aren't cursed. Okay, Like good. if you can say, oh, I'm in the direct path of wind. I, think, I live I in think, a valley. Yeah, I think that we can explain the wind here at his house. Yeah, or I get random scratches because I own two cats. <laughs> right. Maybe that's the better. But I got this the scratch on vacation. My cats oh. are not with me. So I'm pretty Maybe. sure it was paranormal in nature. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Yes. That is really scary. We'll yeah. see if it gets infected. Then we know it's really good. I, I think it's okay. Oh. I'm not exactly sure how I got it though, because it's it's way up on my upper my upper thigh. And I'm <laughs> no, it's not, wanna, it's not a sex act. Don't even want to go sex there. Act. No. What needs to happen in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas. <laughs> what needs to happen in Las Vegas? <laughs> I'm changing. That should be the new tagline for slogan. sure. <laughs> what it needs to happen in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure I didn't have it before we went into the museum. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe I, I, you know what? I probably scratch myself when I sleep because I tend to do that a lot. I wake up in the morning. I'm like, I got scratches all over me. And it's probably because I scratched myself. Whatever you did, and I know you're going to talk about it in a future episode, you mm -hmm. better not have touched that Dybbuk box. Yeah, I did not touch it. I did oh. not. Okay, I that is it. the most cursed item in the museum. I think it is, and it was doubly protected. Oh, and, good. And I'll go more into that whole adventure when we record okay. next time. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah. So let's talk about another family believed okay. to have been cursed. Okay, good. None other than the Rockefeller family who are really? widely regarded as one of the wealthiest lineages in history. The Rockefeller family's wealth originated with John D. Rockefeller, who co-founded Standard Oil in 1870. Okay. However, their curse manifested as constant mental anxiety and fear surrounding their wealth. This fear was so tragically exemplified by John D. Rockefeller's daughter, Bessie Strong, she ended her own life out of dread that she would someday be left penniless. Wow. Tragedy continued to haunt the family in 1951 mm. when Winifred Rockefeller, a niece, took her own life and the lives of two of her children due to an irrational fear of impending poverty. Wow. A governess to the family found two cars left in the garage with their engines running. And the medical examiner reported all three were in a car and died from carbon monoxide poisoning. The two girls were age 12 and six. Oh, that's sad. I know. Winifred was only 46 mm. at the time. But she did have a third daughter, Faith, 
age 18, who survived because she was not at home during the incident. That's terrible. Another niece, Gladys Rockefeller, passed away at the young age of 21. And she had been hospitalized due to her deteriorating mental health state. Mm. She exhibited peculiar behaviors, such as saving food scraps and leftovers, fearing that her family would not be able to afford food in the near future. John D. Rockefeller himself constantly lived in the shadow of his nightmares, waking up drenched in cold sweat over the dread of poverty. However, despite his anxieties, he infamously stated, quote, I would rather earn 1% off of 100 people's efforts than 100% off of my own efforts, end quote. Really? Yes. Some regard John D. Rockefeller as a sinister figure, as he dominated various industries with a singular focus on profit at all costs. As an oil and railroad tycoon, he even acquired the pharmaceutical industry, categorizing original medicines as alternatives and gradually eliminating their use in hospitals after discovering the potential for petroleum-based medicines. He purchased a chemical factory from the Germans to manufacture his drugs, leveraging his power to convince Congress to discredit holistic medicines and traditional herbal remedies. Furthermore, he gained control over the U.S. media. The Rockefeller family's history of running Standard Oil has been described as brutal by the Smithsonian Magazine. I can talk about this a little bit later too, um, how they tried to redeem the family name Mm. and things that they tried to do to Mm. help circumvent that reputation. Okay. A visitor though, who once toured the Rockefeller family estate commented, quote, this is how God would live if he had their money, end quote. The Rockefeller family is often regarded as the closest America has to a royal family. Mm -hmm. However, they remained secluded behind their imposing walls of their estate, seldom ever venturing into public life. The estate boasted serene and beautiful gardens, yet it served as both a private Eden and a prison, keeping many of them isolated from the realities of the world. The family was plagued by the negative reputation surrounding the late Edward D. Rockefeller's oil fortune and its moral implications as perceived by society and the news media. Mm. To salvage their reputation while preserving their wealth, John D. Jr., John D. Rockefeller's son, decided to enter politics and established the family as philanthropists with donations to many charities through their Rockefeller Foundation, which his father had originally set up in 1913 for medical research. Mary Clark Rockefeller, the first wife of Nelson Rockefeller, who would later become the vice president of the United States, remarked that her husband was even more obsessed with the fear of poverty than his father, John, despite earning over a million dollars per minute. Can you even fathom that? A million dollars per minute? Per minute is what he earned. That's what he earned, that family with all their enterprises. Shit. Mary Clark revealed that Nelson, her husband, would go as far as spying on their cooks every night to ensure they weren't sampling or stealing oh, their food. Ah. Wow. Pretty extreme. You're making a million dollars a minute and you're worried about what the cooks are doing. They were very worried about every penny. Wow. In 1979, Nelson Rockefeller tragically passed away from a heart attack in his home with his assistant, and presumed mistress by his side. 
Naturally, this event sparked rumors suggesting maybe his death might not have been an accident (laughs) if he was as ruthless as they said he was. Mm. This heartbreaking incident followed the loss of Nelson's brother who perished in a car crash. However, Nelson did outlive his son who tragically died in 1961. No parent ever wants to outlive their kids. Michael Rockefeller, Nelson's son, also met an untimely death while on a trip to New Guinea. He was traveling with anthropologist Renee Wassing along a remote river when their boat's motor failed, leaving them stranded. After waiting on the river for 24 hours, hoping for help to arrive, Michael made the decision to swim to shore in search of possible assistance. Unfortunately, he was never seen or heard from again. Hmm. The anthropologist who remained on the boat was eventually rescued. Persistent rumors suggested that the Azmet tribe, who were known cannibals in the area, attacked and consumed him. Ooh. So what a way to go. Yeah. However, nine years later, while National Geographic was filming that same tribe from a safe distance, Mm -hmm. they captured on film a group of tribal boats all rowing down the river. And upon reviewing the footage, saw a brief glimpse of a single white man dressed in a button-down white shirt rowing in sync along with the tribal group. Some theorized that Michael could still be alive perhaps choosing to distance himself from the tarnished Rockefeller image and live a life free from the burden of the curse. Wow. I guess we'll never really know. No, what an interesting thing if you think about it. You you grow up with all of this wealth and privilege and you're kind of like living this life of everybody would dream to live mm-hmm. and you choose to live among a tribe in South America or Africa, South America, right? Uh, it was in New Guinea. That's South America. South America. Papua, province of Indonesia, spanning roughly the eastern three-fourths of the western half of the island of New Guinea as well as a number of offshore islands. Papua lies within the Australian faunal region, which means that its animal life is more similar to that of Australia and New Zealand than it is to that of western Indonesia and the Southeast Asian mainland. Papua is bounded by the Pacific Ocean to the north, Papua New Guinea to the east. Agricultural activities support a small manufacturing sector, the principal products of which include processed foods, lumber, wooden furniture, and other wooden goods. I kind of like that story. I hope that he he chose that life, but I'm not sure, but I hope he chose it. But some theorize the curse may still linger within the family, even after a century, as Richard Rockefeller met his untimely demise while piloting a single-engine airplane in 2014. Richard was the son of David Rockefeller, who served as the chairman of Chase Manhattan Bank at the time. Mm. Tragically, during Richard's return flight from his father's 99th birthday celebration, thick fog rolled in, causing low visibility and disorienting him. The resulting crash narrowly missed a house. It is a heart-wrenching experience to lose your son on the very day of your own birthday celebration. No kidding. In researching the possible theories of how this curse might have started, we look at all possible enemies of the Rockefeller family. While some say, well, all of humanity is their enemy, it seems there was one source who strategically set out to ruin the Rockefeller name and characterize them all as monsters, investigative journalist Ida Tarbell. The motivating force seemed to have been her father, He refused to sell his oil company to Rockefeller and instead chose to compete. Franklin Tarbell, though, was ruined when the Rockefellers undercut him by selling their oil for eight cents a gallon. 
The Rockefellers insisted they were just trying to provide cheap gas for the average American, not in a ruthless game to hurt other oil families. Ida made it her mission with her power for writing persuasive articles to taint the Rockefeller name. Her book regarding the predatory nature of Standard Oil was not only a bestseller, but caused President Theodore Roosevelt, along with the Justice Department, to begin a series of nasty claims against the Rockefellers. In 1911, the Sherman Antitrust Act was used against Standard Oil, which eventually broke it into 30 smaller regulated companies. Rockefeller's biographer Ron Chernow stresses, quote, In his business career, John D. Rockefeller was accused of many sins, but he took pride in paying his debts promptly and abiding strictly by contracts, end quote. So was, was he just a clever businessman or the monster that Ida Tarbell portrayed? In 2002, David Rockefeller confessed that people believed his family was cursed and part of a secret cabal working against the best interests of the United States. He was accused of co-conspiring with others to establish an integrated global power structure and a one-world economy. He boldly proclaimed, quote, if that is the charge against us, I stand guilty and am proud of it, end quote. David lived, though, to a ripe old age of 101 years old really? and died in his sleep from a heart attack in 2017. Wow. And according to Forbes, the Rockefeller family still possesses a staggering net worth of $8.4 billion. Not even remotely surprised. Billion dollars. Yeah. I firmly believe that the love of money can become a terrible burden when one fears its loss, yeah. resulting in a self-imposed curse of greed and paranoia. Some individuals argue that accumulating wealth through unethical means can bring misfortune upon oneself and one's family. Quote, be careful what you wish for, because the more you have, the more you can lose, end quote. So to protect against or reverse a potential curse, consider the following helpful tips. One, embrace the belief that all misfortunes ultimately contribute to our growth and learning, understanding that what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. I believe the Kennedy family lived by that. Mm. Number two, reflect upon past actions and, if necessary, apologize or amend behaviors that may have caused great harm or trouble to others. Number three, engage in acts of charity and service within your community. Number four, exercise caution to avoid unnecessary risks that could potentially lead to accidents or illness. Five, Adopt healthy habits. Cultivate a supportive environment by surrounding yourself with positive people. Engaging yourself in uplifting experiences like walking dogs and eating ice creams or, in your case, Holly, petting cats. Yeah, meow. Steer clear of negative energies and individuals consumed by jealousy or anyone having a shelf full of books titled, quote, How to Ruin Friends and Win Enemies, end quote. <laughs> The Secret Art of Inflicting Pain, hmm. and obviously a book from the Harry Potter collection, hmm. The Slytherin's Guide Eden 2 spells for ultimate temptation and death without a garden on a full moon. <laughs> that one is especially nefarious. I would never own that one. Oh, and the cat agrees. When all else fails and misfortune continues, consider the option of changing your family name and following the footsteps of someone like perhaps Michael Rockefeller. 
maybe choosing to disappear from public view as a means to break free from all your burdens and its associated stigma. If you have any family members doing bad things, remember their actions can affect you and yours for generations to come. So get them to a church, turn them into the popos, or drop them off at your friendly neighborhood asylum right away. Oh, wait, those are no longer available. Yeah, I forgot. Better yet, I have attached a link in our credits for your Nazar talisman that you can purchase against the evil eye. Good. But I also say wearing a silver cross around your neck also wards against the Prince of Darkness and vampires. So it's a trifecta of protection. Yeah, good, that's good. So you do what you think is best, <laughs> folks. And remember, don't be paranoid. It's all probably pretty logical things you're experiencing. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Holly? Well, I think with the Rockefellers and the Kennedys, with great responsibility, I mean, it's with great with power, power comes great yeah, responsibility. With great power comes great responsibility. And so the um, list of things that you said about um, protecting yourself against a curse makes a lot of sense because it's staying grounded, staying true to what's right. Having integrity. Absolutely. And you know, my family has a curse. No, I don't believe that. We do. And it's not my direct line. It's a cousin's line. You're serious? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't know who cursed us, but there is a curse within my family because we've had multiple boys die. And you said men tend to be more affected. We've had a couple of boys die in plane crashes and one die in a car accident, but I can't remember the exact number. It's at least three. And I can't remember um, the order. So I will find out and I'll record an addendum to this episode to let you know what my family curse is. Because I know it was my grandfather on my mother's side, her father, he had a brother die in an avalanche. And Ooh, that's the, a way to go in the Blue Mountains of Eastern Oregon. And his brother had two daughters and a boy. The boy was killed in a plane crash. Then one of his daughters had two boys and a girl. And one of those boys was killed in a plane crash. And there was, I believe, a car accident too. But I can't remember for sure. Oh, man. So yeah. I'll have to go back and talk to my sister. And we'll have to, uh, maybe I'll have her on the episode. And we'll yeah. talk about what the... Uh, yeah, you could go over there and record with her. Yeah. And we could attach it at the end. We your could. personal um, story. We could, because I can't remember exactly all the people who died. But we kind of always made it this thing. Oh, maybe there was a family curse. I don't know. But it's like, it's a different line in my family. But it's definitely part of my family. Well, guys, if you feel that you have a family curse, we'd love to hear your story yes, as well. Let us know. And hopefully some of our tips will be very helpful for yeah, you. Absolutely. Hopefully. And um, we'll catch you next week. Okay. Take Sounds care. Sounds good. Take care. Bye. Bye. Um, like the evil eye. I know you've heard of that. Mm, mm. It's very well known. It's often on par with other scary forces. Look at my keychain. That's an evil eye. Hey, stop it. Put it on pause. (laughs) Put it on pause. But historian and bio, uh, I'm sorry, but historian and biographer, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's okay. But his, we've been drinking, and that's what happens don't when admit we drink that. and you podcast. <laughs> 
As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts, and all dolls are definitely haunted. Hey guys, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Fireside Phantoms. If you have a spooky story you would like to share with us, send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode.